Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Romy was out of the hole and back in her suit by the time we heard and felt the approaching Carnivian. Whatever they were, however they were coming at us, the earth was shaken for their approach, and we were stuck in a small shack in the middle of Antarctica. Well, I'll be damned if I'm just gonna sit here till they're right friggin' on top of us. I'ma pick off as many of them as I can. Come on, agent man. Put your earpiece back in and let's get at it. Right behind you, cowboy. I'm not gonna be able to see him in this storm, so you're gonna have to call out the targets. Gotcha. But I didn't think you needed to aim with those things. <laughs> well, I don't, but it, uh, it helps. I'll hang close to you. Make sure whatever gets past you two doesn't make it any closer. All right, folks, time to get to work. After Shane dropped into a crouch, his black long gun out in front of him, he aimed that magic eyeball of his through the bluster and fell silent. Can you see him? Start calling him out, shit kicker. Come on, what are you waiting for? Earth to Shane, can you hear us? Say something, will ya? The grizzled assassin just clicked his tongue and shook his head at whatever he saw through the storm. Casually slinging his rifle and plucking out his earpiece, he slipped out a small flask from his inner pocket and took a long pull. You know, I never had no friends before. But, uh, I suppose you two will do in a pinch. <laughs> My heart sank at the realization. 
And I might have been content to leave it there, but for Romy... Romy, you... you can fly. You, You can still get out of here. Shane just put his hand on my shoulder and shook his head. There was no hope. And that was that. The end had finally caught up with us. Romy locked eyes with me. Sorrowful pools of endless blue. I could understand now why people in situations like this always said it wasn't supposed to end like this. All we'd gone through, just to buy it here, like this. We came into all this shit together, and that's just the way we'll go out. Shane, these things can make us part of them after they... We... we don't want to let them take us alive. Don't you worry, little lady. They won't. I couldn't just sit there, watch my sister die. Not like that. And where the fuck was that worthless brother of ours? Wasn't this his goddamn cue? My hands went to my eyes with a vengeance, my ticks overtaking my face. And then I broke. Drawing the revolvers, I fired him right into the direction of that advancing, unseen Carnivian horde. My mind was just fire and hate and rage and regret. Ah! Hold up there, Tex. You hear that? Holy shit! I know that horn! One of you two want to tell me what you're talking about? Uh, yeah. I called for a ride. Should be here any second. From the south, melting out of the howling white miasma, came two blue blazing headlights, ten times brighter than Romy's eyes, and the roar of an otherworldly engine that drowned out the sound of the approaching horde. When the jet black car came into full view, I could see that it was speeding across the very top of the snow, not displacing a single flake as it roared closer. What the hell? Is that a fucking car? (laughs) Not just any car. Just be ready to jump in. You ain't gotta tell me twice. Carface growled to a halt inches from where we stood. Doors clicking open, his lethal metal expanse like a car-shaped void carved into the winter wasteland. All aboard, and I'd wear my seatbelt if I were you, Shane. Goddamn, I hate those things. Oh, Christ. I could kiss you, Carface. Get us the fuck out of here. Staring into the rear view just as we rocketed forward, I caught a glimpse of the nightmares chasing us. They were massive, hulking things, their white silhouettes behind the thin veil of storm that still separated us suggested no sane set of attributes, and no shape jibed with the one next to it. And I could see why Shane knew Romy wouldn't be able to marry Poppins her way to safety. From what little I could make out, the sky was as crowded by the monsters as the ground. Countless winged abominations as varied and terrible as their earthbound counterparts. But whatever they were, despite having wings like 747s, 
They weren't a match for whatever power plant Carface was packing under that hood of his. The Merling was leaving the army of monsters in the dust, but apparently he was just playing with them. Because when he finally wanted to put some serious distance between them and us, his shifter slammed forward like a hammer, his engine roaring like a monster straight out of hell. The next thing I knew, I was pressed so hard into my goddamn seat I thought I might bust through it. Fuck! Look out! Look out! We were moving so fucking fast, I couldn't imagine Carface could avoid the monsters parting the storm directly in front of us. The snow would cloak their presence until all but the last second, their glowing predatory eyes piercing through the blizzard like raging yellow fires. And we were on a crash course with them. The living car from Nightmare only downshifted, its front end lowering like a bull on a suicide charge. Oh shit, I sure as hell hope he ain't gonna do what I think he's gonna do. Just keep your teeth together and hold on. We were still going too fast to make out any clear details, but I sure as hell felt it when we hit whatever monstrosity was in front of us. And I sure as shit smiled when I realized we were still in one piece, and that whatever we hit was likely behind us somewhere, flat on its inhuman ass. Carface, we need to get to the Kepler station. It's about due east from where you picked us up. Carface? That's what you call this thing? I'd watch it, cowboy. One, he just saved our asses. And two, I don't think he takes kindly to being called a thing. Carface is as fine a name as I ever heard. <laughs> That's better. Somewhere along the ride to the Kepler station, I nodded off. I was completely wiped out. Between hefting the dim, again, contending with certain death, and most of all, my brother's continuing change into something I barely recognized, I was beyond my limit. From what Isaiah told me, this creature from the machine forest may have been orchestrating all the bizarre things I've been noticing about him. His power creeping ever upwards and out of control, his increasing level of detachment. And worst of all, from what I could tell, he hadn't even seriously considered the possibility. That fact was the most worrying. Since we'd been reunited, he'd always been a careful study of what's happening around him, which only made sense considering his previous line of work. But the prospect of being influenced by some kind of creature that exerts control over life and death, specifically his own, didn't even faze him. He got defensive when I'd mentioned he'd struck some kind of deal with the thing, which wasn't a great sign. By the time we got to the Kepler station, things were starting to look grim again. Well, that sure don't look promising. Christ, the Carnivian must have sacked the place on their way through. The station was a collection of several wooden buildings scattered around about 50 yards of space, and all of them looked like they'd been hit by an army. Thin lines of smoke wound up from a few of them, others sported massive holes punched through them. And while there was more than enough blood streaking the snow around each building, there were no bodies. And it wasn't hard to guess why. So, what's the plan now, agents? 
Well, the Carnivian may have killed everyone inside, or worse, transformed them. But there's a possibility there could still be some functioning communications equipment in there. There's intact broadcast towers on three of the buildings. You said these things, uh, transform people. How? The impression that I got was that they do it by eating and somehow rebirthing their victims. The dream from the shack was from the mind of someone who'd either been eaten and was in the process of conversion, or from a Carnivian that was somehow absorbing the mind of his victim. I was a little busy with other things to get the full gist of it. Being that there ain't a normal soul between us and the Silentich, couldn't the fella who got himself eaten or whatever been from here? Makes sense. You really want to go in there? We just barely got away from the things as it is. Maybe we should try the Ice Star Station. Might be in better shape. Given that the Carnivian had the ability to absorb their victims' minds, I'm sure they already know about the other station. And did the same there. Before you two start trying to figure out what's in there, why don't I just tell you? The place is loaded with the uh, weird auras, flickering like, but I can still see them. So you could pick them off at a distance, yeah? Sure, if some of them weren't the size of rhinos and then some. So what are you trying to say? That a creature's soul scales to the size of its body? I mean, that's what those rounds of yours hit, right? I got no idea. I just know that the larger my target, the better the odds they'll tank the round. And if I start unloading on these here shitbirds, there's a good chance they'll get up and look for who's doing the shooting. Those hand cannons of yours got a better chance of laying those fuckers out than mine. Yeah, but the revolvers aren't exactly quiet about how they go about things. How many of those things we talking, anyway? About a dozen spread out across the compound. I can lead us through, but if one of those damn things wake up... Carface, can you wait here till we get back? But if shit hits the fan, don't hesitate to crash through a wall or whatever. Alright folks, earpieces in and hoods up. Let's start with the towered building with the least Carnivian in it. That one over there has only got two in it, but one of them is pretty big. Revolver should be able to dust it quick enough, if it comes to that. Plus, if we're right on top of the thing, Romy could run it through. The Balik's a hell of a lot quieter than the revolvers. Isaiah wasn't sugarcoating things anymore, just calling the best shots under the circumstances. I didn't like the idea of skewering a former human being who'd already had a bad day, but there wasn't any choice. We were only still here because I wouldn't leave. I had to do what needed doing. All right, let's hit it. Shane, after you. Making our way to the building, the surrounding carnage came into focus. The grisly slaughter of at least a dozen men and women, and signs of the monsters that did it. Judging by the size and variety of prints crisscrossing the snow, the researchers didn't have a chance. That's when I realized that Shane wasn't the only one who could sense the creatures inside, although his range was far better than my own. Like before, I could feel the presence of starving dreams sunk down into the loam following their infinite hungers down into the blackness, 
where a place at the endless banquet table waited for them. Unlike before, I had no desire to engage the dreams whatso-fucking-ever. And before we go any further, just so you two know, somebody's telling me what the hell's going on. Starting with what the hell that car really is, and where it come from. If we get out of this, sure. But before then, you got my word. We're on the right side of all this bullshit. Good enough? It'll do. For now. <laughs> if I didn't know better, I'd say my brother was making a friend. Will wonders never cease? You guys head in once I open the door with my hypnopathy. It'll be quieter that way. Sounds good. Go ahead. Neither Shane nor my brother were even the slightest bit shocked by the blood sprayed all over the floor and walls and ceiling. There were even bits of tissue, brain matter, organs, some fingers and toes. Apparently, the Carnivian didn't need to eat their entire victim to engage that awful process of theirs. Shane took the lead and silently made his way down the hall. We were about halfway to the adjoining corridor when I heard the awful breathing of a sleeping monster. Rounding the corner, I saw the thing. Slumped in the middle of the hallway was a living, breathing, dreaming aberration of all earthly biology. It was nowhere near as composed as the creature from the Silentage, and it was much larger. Its vaguely anthropoid form poorly contained all the other inhuman contributions informing its body. There were aspects of wolf, bear, a variety of insects, even fish mixed into the thing's composition. Despite the hodgepodge, there was a careful, almost elegant symmetry uniting them into a single creature. When it started to stir, its nose perking up as we got closer, I realized we'd forgotten to consider just for how sensitive a Carnivian's senses might be. Isaiah looked at me and my Balak, and then back at the creature. It was my turn to kill, but I had a better idea, if only slightly. Lighting up the darkness, I focused my eyes upon the slumbering horror, trying to stop it from waking. Given my last showing, I wasn't getting any closer to its dream than sitting on its mind to keep it from breaching sleep. While its waking strength might have been capable of twisting me into a pretzel, it was still asleep, where I was the indisputable heavyweight champ. With one final shove, I sent the thing's mind tumbling back down into the hungry dark, back to the feasters and their awful table of mewling meats. Looking past the creature, my head pounding from a thousand stressors, I saw my mother, just for a second, peeking around a corner, her face pinched in worry. <laughs> Frankly, I was surprised she hadn't turned up earlier, given my state of mind. Or maybe they spiked my meds just for good measure. Either way, I just ignored her the best I could. Her and the gentle cooing of the baby boy and girl she held in her arms. <laughs> Once past the monster, we moved into yet another blood-streaked hallway. This one showing massive holes, where it seemed the timbers had been struck by a wrecking ball. And, of course, more assorted limbs and organs. 
I knew exactly where Shane was leading us, as I could feel the dream of the next Carnivian, the big one. Size might have mattered for the purposes of soul-piercing rounds, but it didn't mean squat to us dreamcatchers. The bigger Carnivian's sleeping mind was already halfway back to Tabletown by the time we laid eyes upon it. A huge pile of slack muscle and multiple mouths that took up most of the big room where we found him. We're good to talk. They won't wake up anytime soon. I don't know what's worse about these here shitbirds. The way they look, or the way they smell. I think I'm gonna call it a tie. Shane was no better than my brother. Looking past the devastation, the human loss, to make light-hearted commentary. For me, I couldn't stop retracing the carnage, imagining how these poor people had been torn apart, eaten alive. It was yet another reason for me to continue doing what I did. Whether Carnivian, Umbrian, or those fucking Scream Eaters, I'd see them all dead before I gave up trying to save the world from them. Send them back to hell in burning body bags. Looks like this here was a communications room, given all this here equipment. Not a lot of it looks like it survived the attack. The cable to the array is plugged into the back of this laptop, and there's an intact microphone and battery pack over there. Let's see if we can get this thing up and running. Well, it's up and running at least. Oh, I'm not an expert at this stuff by any means. I, I'm not even sure how to get a message out. I wasn't expecting to do this part myself. And I'm not at all sure how to encode a transmission with the info Mesmer gave us for Ninth House. That don't look right. What's it doing? I don't know, but it looks like an incoming message. I'm afraid I can't let you bring anyone else into this situation. It's a pity you had to travel all this way just to realize the futility of your errand. But you should understand that for what's to come, for it to be properly realized, a good many sacrifices had to be made, and will be made. But it's all for the best, as you will realize soon enough. And you have my most sincere apologies for what I'm about to do. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page, 
or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content, such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 